0: How to be a great investor, this is Industry Focus. Hi Fools, financial analyst Michael Douglas here for the financials edition of Industry Focus and I am uh, on on the phone with John Maxwell today, our Senior Banking Specialist. John, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Michael. And and just for the record, we're not on the phone. We are we're Skype calling. Right well, now.
0: okay. Listen, <laughs> listen this you isn't, to this isn't, this isn't tech, phone. John. Okay, you know <laughs> I'm not going to be perhaps as precise. I am sorry. You're right. We we are we are Skyping. We're not technically on the phone. Um, so we wanted to talk today a little bit about kind of. Going going back to the very basics, you know, we spent a lot of time here talking about arbitrage and about dividends and, and just about a lot of sort of different things in banking and in financials, you know, REITs, mortgage REITs, just all sorts of things. But we wanted to take a step back and just kind of talk first about the really fundamentals of great investing because y- you can take all these numbers and and kind of before that, we really need to get back into sort of what are the characteristics of someone who is a great investor. Um, and, and sort of as you're thinking about your your temperament and kind of how you how you handle things. So, so John, to your mind, what is kind of really crucial to being a great investor? So let's let's start with just your first most important trait.
1: All right. Well, just just really really quickly, let's orient everybody to, to so we all kind of in the same uh, mindset in terms of what we're talking about. Yeah. When we're talking about you know great investors, we're talking about active investors. Yeah. So. You know, When you break it down, you can, ha- you can be passive investors, you can be you know, dollar-cost averaging into an exchange-trader fund, you can be owning mutual funds, things mm-hmm. like that. When, what we're talking about here is we're talking about actively investing in individual stocks. And the one thing that we know is that you know, when you go into the market, I don't know, I know that you've been to Disney World, Michael, and I actually know that you you don't like it very much. You're like my wife. You're a curmudgeon, which is <laughs> a horrible, a horrible time of year. Right I, I have I'm a enjoying. sad existence
0: when I'm the, ga- the Grinch. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, my condolences that it's, that it's near Christmas time. So right? happy. <laughs> <laughs> but the market, when you go into the market, you have to understand this is, this is nothing like Disneyland, right, where Disneyland is happy, everything is going well, things pretty much go as planned. Um, because that's how it's set up. The market is a much more treacherous place than that. It's like a pool uh, teeming with sharks, okay? And so it's important. That, that, that shouldn't mean that you shouldn't go into it, but it means that you should go into it with the proper protections, right? You should go into it, maybe, you know, submerge yourself in one of those, in one of those cages. And that, that cage, the, that is constructed with a number of individual characteristics. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, um, and this is something that you and I have talked about a lot, Michael. First and foremost is humility. When you go into it, you have to know that you are probably one of the people that are sitting at the proverbial table who knows the least about what's going on. There are people with extremely fancy degrees sitting in extremely expensive offices on Wall Street who have a lot of experience taking, advantages, taking advantage of investors like you and I. So when you go into it, you have to know that um, from the get-go, and that is all part of humility
0: yeah well, it's kind of like I, I think as Warren Buffett who said, you know if you look around at a poker table and you can't identify the fish, you're the fish uh, and I, I think that it's interesting because when you when you first start out investing, and I always tell the story of the first stock I bought, um, you know you 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 think that you've done your research and you think that you're coming at it adequately uh, humbly um, and yet you're just saying, well, you know, this is this is just such a great value opportunity. I mean, it's so low valued. It's 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 got such a huge dividend. It's 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 a screaming buy. Um, and then it turns out that it's a Greek dry bulk shipper, and you didn't know something pretty fundamental about that industry. Um, I'm speaking from personal from personal experience here, but I think that's that's something that's really really crucial is that you have to understand that chances are pretty good that everybody else has as much as as much information as you, perhaps more, and certainly a lot more experience. So then the question, of course, is how does someone coming in with with those handicaps, let's say, in the market, how do they succeed? Well,
1: the real key to investing is to, so you have two two different sides of investing. You have kind of the technical side of investing, where you're looking at price movements and things like that. What, the news media is saying about certain companies and about the market you know is too high or too low then on the other side you have the fundamentals of it and that is that you're looking at the fundamentals of an actual company so let's say you're looking at walmart right you're looking at same source sales you're looking at revenue growth you're looking at gross margin things like that Mm -hmm. and what we found is that over time um stocks will track the fundamentals over time. But in the short run, they'll go up and down based upon market sentiment and things like that. So the real key, if there is, you know, there's actually multiple
0: real keys to (laughs) investing. The most important thing, I mean, Mark's picked 18 of them, right? So it's kind of hard to just pick one, but go ahead. That's right. So in addition to humility, the real key is knowing
1: that you have to focus on the fundamentals of a company. Mm -hmm. What you want is you want really good companies and you want to purchase them at a relatively decent price, and so when you're looking, and then you know so that brings into the whole the, in, into the whole question: How do you determine a good price? And that's based on valuation. You know, your price-earnings ratio, your price-to-value ratio, things like that. But
0: but fundamentally, it's about
1: fundamentals.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I saw you trying <laughs> not to chuckle when you said that. No, no, that's good. Well, and and I think as you noted, you know, when when we're buying really great companies, um, you know. Uh, how to identify a great company really comes down to your sense of curiosity. Um, you know, you have to um, really sort of look at your thesis and at whatever company you're looking at from a lot of different angles to try to understand whether uh, whether it's a great company and whether you're getting it at a good value. And I'll you know I'll give you the example of Wells Fargo, right? I mean, this is a great company um, that has consistently outperformed uh, a lot of its peers because they've had you know as as you've noted um, ad nauseum, uh, John, you know that they've had. Um, a good uh, risk-bearing culture. Um, they've been really great about their efficiency ratio, uh, basically keeping their costs under control. That said, when you look at it, man, maybe it looks a little strongly valued right now. Um, so it's uh, what, two times book, two times tangible book, something like that. I mean not exactly the cheapest bank stock out there.
1: That's exactly right. And the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, particularly with the Internet now, we are just there's a deluge of information that we have to weed through to pick out. You know, there's, a, fan, there's a, a pretty well-known book called The Signal from the Noise by a guy named Nate, Nate Silver who uh, founded a blog, five thirty-eight, which is an excellent blog if anybody uh, likes market or sports news. Um, but it was all about, look, you have this massive information. How do you weed through it to pick out what really, really matters? And that's one of the biggest keys to the individual investor is figuring out from all this noise that's going on what really, what really is picking up the fundamentals of, uh, of a company. And then on top of that, what you have to know is, you know, not only the fundamentals of a company, but kind of what's going on in the market to know whether or not um, it's a buy at at any one time. And if you look at, you know, the great investors again, Warren Buffett is a guy we, we quote all the time. And one of the reasons we quote Warren Buffett all the time is because he writes these excellent shareholder letters for Berkshire Hathaway every year. And in those shareholder letters, he is talking in large part to individual investors because he knows how, how often pe- how how many people read them. And one of the things he says is that look, you should only be buying. You know, making buy orders one or two times a year, three times a year, something like that, right? Because there are not a lot of times when stocks are so mispriced that they're a good value, and you just have to you have to understand that. You know, there's a there's a theory called the efficient markets theory that says basically, you know, stocks are appropriately priced at all times. Now, I don't believe that. In fact, I believe that stocks are inappropriately priced at all times. Um, but then it's just a matter of degree, right? Um, but you you have to be able to identify the you know the difference between the fundamentals and the actual price. And you have to be able to do that by weeding through all the noise to picking out the signals in order to uh, in order to determine which stocks are good buys at particular times.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I think that um, I think that it it can be a real struggle because you know, you'll look at a stock and you'll say well it's trading at uh, let's say a forward price earnings of eleven or twelve and you'll say well that seems like a pretty good value. Um, and then stock craters, market craters, let's say, um, and the stock's down 20%, and you're like, well, okay, did I miss something here? Or, or is this the market overreacting um, to, to some important piece of news? Or is the market correctly reacting to some piece of news that I didn't know previously? Um, you know, if, if the entire economy is tanking, is this retailer really going to be a good, uh, a good place for me to park my money right now? Um, or is it a case of, well, I liked it at, let's say, 12 times forward earnings, should I like it a lot better at nine times forward earnings? Um, and, and, and that's where you know, I, I think we get into this sort of temperament but also humility issue, right? Because on the one hand, we have to be humble. We have to recognize we don't know everything and that there are going to be things that we miss. There are going to be stocks that are mistakes. I and mean, if you go to, I think, any portfolio, you will find it littered with companies that the thesis hasn't panned out or maybe the thesis uh, wasn't as great to begin with. Um, and, but then at the same time, you also find often you know, great, a lot of great portfolios littered with a stock that did not look great to the general market, but this one person or this group of people, whoever, had uh, an insight or or had uh, what they considered an adequate risk-reward sort of opportunity to go for. Um, How do you navigate that, John?
1: I think think you are on to the exact right thing. In my opinion, the way to invest successfully, if you're investing actively again, the way to do that is to identify really good companies, say 10 really good companies. So do all your research, do all your due diligence, figure out the ones that are excellent, right? and then watch their price. Stocks go up and down all the time. Morgan Housel, he's one of our colleagues at The Motley Fool, he, one of the things he's tracked is how, how often stocks have fallen 10% right, from, from a recent high. And I think he found that over the course of, I think it was around 100 years, they fall at least 10% from a recent high once every 11 months on average. And then they fall 20% from a recent high, I think once every year and a half or some, somewhere around there. So, you know, If you go into it with the plan, so you say, you know, I like Wells Fargo, I like you know, uh, American Express, I like you know, Pfizer, I like Walmart, whatever those great companies are, and then you just watch them and you just wait for the market to go down, that's you know, when you're going to have a buying opportunity for those types of stocks. But there's one other factor that's kind of working against us, and that is, in fact, ourselves. You know, there's this whole you know, discipline called behavioral finance that looks at the decisions we make, how we make those decisions, and whether or not those decisions are rational or not. And what the psychologists have found is that, as a general rule, humans make a lot of really irrational decisions when it comes to money, and there are two general reasons that we do that. First, because we make decisions with our emotions. When you know things are going really, really well, our neighbors getting rich, they're buying new pickup trucks, doing things like that. We get greedy, we buy into the market. Typically by then the market is really high, so we're buying high. And then when the market craters, as it does, you know, every eleven months or a year and a half, we get scared and we sell. So we sell low. So we're making emotional decisions. That's one thing. That's one of the reasons why, or I guess that's the principal reason why Warren Buffett says that temperament is more important than intelligence when it comes to investing. And the second thing to keep in mind is that our brain, because we have so many decisions we have to make on a daily basis, you know, literally thousands of decisions. What time are we going to get out of bed? Are we going to brush our teeth? Are we going to take a shower? Right? Those don't seem like decisions because we're on autopilot. But that's the point. Our brain, it, it defaults to these heuristics, which are shortcuts in order to make decisions. Well, those shortcuts are really great in most aspects of our life, like you know, just you know, getting dressed and what to wear and all, all of those things. Um, but they are horrible when it comes to the market because they can lead to irrational decisions. Um, And so you you really have to keep in mind that you've got to be wary of not only the other competitors in the market, but also of your own emotions and the decision-making process that you use uh, when you buy or sell a stock.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's a really, really Good set of points, um, and and so to, to sort of to sort of wrap up what's that what that's looking like. I mean, to, to, to my mind, then you know humility, as as you've noted, I think is really probably the most important thing uh, that that particularly new investors need to be thinking about, and that really will sort of help help you become a good investor, a great investor. Let's say a market beating investor, because that's the goal. I mean, let's face it, if you're going to put this time in, um, you want to outperform the S and P five hundred, because otherwise you could just put your money in an ETF that tracks the S&P 500 and you'd be fine. You know, Spider with Vanguard or something like that. Um, and then, you know, it, it comes down to that curiosity and that research. It comes down to that temperament. And it comes down to that, as you noted, sort of uh, willingness to see a stock price falling um, when, with a company you really like and to say, you know, now I think is a buying opportunity even when everybody else is selling. Um, I think there's a lot more we can go into on this. Um, I, 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 I want to avoid... Uh, a two-hour podcast for our listeners today, so I think we're going to have to um, um, uh, cut it a little bit short there. Um, but you know, one thing I do want to want to note to folks is um, uh, here at the Motley Fool, uh, we have an investment product that's actually specifically for new investors. It's called Stock Advisor. It's our flagship investment service. Um, when I talk about outperforming the S and P 500, it's done it um, uh, by a factor of more than two to one over the past 20 years. So when you think about that, that is that is really quite the um, quite the metric for success. Um, and if you email us uh, focus uh, uh, at fool.com um, then uh, we'll uh, we'll send you a special offer on uh, Stock Advisor. Um, uh, this is a, a really simple product that's really easy I think to help get new investors started uh, in the market and sort of understanding uh, what the what the real opportunities are there. Uh, John, as always, thanks for your time. Uh, for The Motley Fool, I'm Michael Douglas. Check back to fool.com for all of your financial, investing, and well anything else we're writing about needs and full on.